0: It's the Heart of Toronto Podcast. I'm Jacob.
1: Hi, I'm Olivia.
0: And we went around uh, and interviewed some people on the street. That's what we wanted to do when we started this podcast, was get to know Torontonians.
1: Yep. So, no longer is it us just in Jacob's basement, except for this part. Yeah, we're, we're still in my basement. We're definitely in the basement. We're going to be in a basement for We weren't. We years. went to
0: Coxwell Station.
1: Yeah, we asked lots of people questions about their life. We asked uh,
0: lots of people if we could ask them questions about their life. And they walked that. by us yeah. like we didn't exist. A lot of rejection. A lot of rejection.
1: happens when you have a clipboard. Yeah. People don't. They see a clipboard and they run. They put their head down and they run away from you.
0: Yeah, people are scared of clipboards.
1: Yeah, I'm so scared of clipboards. They're scary.
0: I'm, I was really excited to do... Uh, interviews of people i'm uh, i'm not good at talking to people i've lost social anxiety so it's a yeah. good opportunity i like this podcast because i can finally just talk to strangers about their lives
1: you know you can do that without a podcast
0: yeah but i feel like when i have the mic equipment i have like a thing to hide behind Yeah,
1: when you have a microphone just you come to life
0: and you also can just be like all right that's enough like if i'm talking to a person in actual life i can't just be like well, we got everything we needed. And just walk <laughs> you really away. should be able to do that. I know, you should. You, you just
1: should. well now at least you have a phone, so you just kinda like start looking at your phone until they go away.
0: Until they realize like, oh, they're disinterested. Yeah. Do you ever look at your phone and the person doesn't pick up on it?
1: Yeah. Do you ever talk to someone that you should be able to get along with, but then it just for some reason it's not happening?
0: Yeah, my entire family.
1: True. And you're like, Why can't I carry a conversation with this person I know well and like?
0: Yeah. That happens uh, a lot.
1: It happens with me with most people I know.
0: Who's it happened
2: with?
1: Um, like comics that I like like, and I'm like friends with. But sometimes we just like, like the conversation doesn't flow. Yeah. And then we're just standing there, like I guess we should talk because we're friends.
0: A lot of people, you think you have the same sensibilities as them because you're comics, but you don't.
1: Yeah. Comedy's weird.
0: Comedy's weird. It's but really uh, that's though. not why we're here um we're here because we just interviewed five people we're only gonna play three of them on the pod what we did was we went around and we asked people what is your favorite memory in toronto
1: yeah we did um this first guy he told us that he does not when we we asked the question we're like we're just asking people about your favorite memory in toronto he was like Zero. I no positive memories in Toronto. We're like, okay, we want to talk to you. So we got him on.
0: Nothing like starting your podcast about Toronto by having someone shit on Toronto. Yeah, baby. This Um, is gonna be Brandon. He's our first guest ever on the podcast and we were excited to have him. So give his interview a listen. Here you go. It's recording. Okay, we
1: got Brandon here. He's a dog trainer. Is that what you said? Yeah. And you're from South Africa?
3: Yes, originally from well, born yet raised in South Africa. What brought you back? Stupidity. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so you, we asked you already what your favorite memory in Toronto is, and you said that you have none. No, not yet. So why do you, you hate Toronto then? It's surface friendly. Like surface you're friendly. You're polite,
3: but n- that's it. Like you're surface polite. Oh, we should hang out, we should hang out. You never hear from them again. That's why I deal with dogs and not people. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your favorite memory from back home in South Africa? Everything. Everything scenery the people there's a way of life there that isn't here like everyone works their life away here and then drinks the rest away Like, do you know what I mean? Everyone's got their little bad habits to make sure that they can survive the next week of work. To, like, get right on there. (laughs) Jesus. Well, Um, what's
1: keeping you from going back to South Africa, then?
3: Economy. There's more, honestly, there's more opportunity over here for me as a Canadian. uh, Like, healthcare and, Jesus, this reminds me of my last weekend. (laughs) Two mics in my face. Um, Yeah, no, there's just, uh, there's more opportunity for me as a small business owner and stuff like that. Like, it's more, yeah, that's about it. You don't got dogs back in South Africa? I did. We had six at one point. Holy crap. Um, yep, yep. Do you have your own dog? I have two, actually. I had three, one passed away. Uh, I'm called the Rescue Dad because I rescue dogs. So I've got a rare form of Japanese, uh, Japanese Husky and Shepherd mix and a little mini Chihuahua Shih Tzu mix.
1: Okay, oh. so you don't like Toronto. What's your most memorable moment, and it could be bad, in Toronto?
3: Oh Jesus, it's way too many of those. Uh, how about I've survived three of my greatest fears. An attack of a raccoon, that <laughs> happened in my window. I gave it a peanut butter cookie afterwards. Uh, <laughs> what I, <laughs> I really did. Uh, I've learned to not slip on the ice, but I release foul language when I skid. And surviving an asshole ex-boyfriend. Don't worry,
0: we survive each other, so yeah, no, that's it. good. Is you there anything else you,
3: you want to no, tell not us? Not yet. Um, yeah, people here should say what they mean and mean what they say, and stay out of everyone else's business and mind your own.
1: We agree with you. You should be a comedian.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're doing uh, well, a bad. I'm actually <laughs> going to be starting a, a blog, so I can call people out on their bullshit when it comes to dogs, because uh, everyone here is positive reinforcement, positive reinforcement, and I'm like, that's how you get millennials. <laughs> Do
0: you want to plug the name of the the blog so people who listening can go look at it?
3: Sure, it's uh, therescuedad.com, and launches on Monday. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Monday, uh, what day, what day is that?
3: April 1st? I thought it was appropriate. April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> April Fools.
1: We love it.
0: Awesome. You're awesome, great. Brandon. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you
1: so much for talking. Okay, that was Brandon. That
0: was Brandon. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Brandon. He was a character and a half.
1: He was probably my favorite of that day.
0: Yeah, he had a lot of it's personality. It's all know from here,
1: the rest of the podcast.
0: No, it's not. Um, it's all different. Brandon was the only person we talked to, I thought, who was very outgoing in like his. He wanted to make us laugh. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were just trying to just talking to us, and that makes sense. I was kind like,
1: of scared of him because he was like, I hate Toronto, and he seemed really negative, and he also kind of looked like he could be crazy. He
0: had a giant tattoo on his throat.
1: What was the tattoo again? I don't know. It was, it was just like a spider. Web I see or like
0: something. a tattoo on a throat, and I'm like, that's a person who's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was really cool, and he was very nice. um...
0: Dude, he gave us that whole interview. He actually talked to us after we did not get it uh, recorded. Uh, he told us um, that the reason he became a dog walker is he went home. Keep going. Oh, you're like, keep doing things.
1: Well, no, because before it said peak on there. So I think that meant it was getting too loud. Oh, I'm too we loud. Too... I'm too loud. And then uh, I was just making sure it was my, my small okay. boy
0: um well he was telling us that uh, he was a dog walker now but he uh used to be one of the top event planners in toronto uh his sister passed away he went back to australia to go to the funeral and he realized uh what am i doing with my life like he had an epiphany and he stopped doing events uh he became a dog walker he says one of the like the best dog walker like, what did he say he's like a, one of the best dog trainers in. he says
1: he's one of like uh two or three people in toronto who use a specific technique yeah who can do
0: what he does who can
1: do what he does yeah
0: that's incredible yeah what did you think about talking to brandon
1: i thought it was really cool um what was i gonna say this was really cool it was great. Wow. Is that insightful? Jesus. Um, Yeah, it was interesting. Like, he was saying so many interesting things off the top before we could press record, and then after we pressed stop, and it was just like, we just wanted so much. If he, he's yeah. truly a real personality. Um,
0: I think he was the first person who taught us the lesson of keep recording.
1: Keep recording. I don't know. Is that, like, a violation?
0: I don't know. He seemed very open he about is his He's very life. open.
1: Um, Do you think that's true about Torontonians, what he says? Like, being lofty, and, like, people here are, like... Kind
0: of fake. I think he comes from a totally different place and he's seen a whole different group of people. Australia is supposed to be a very laid back place and this yeah. is a very like high strung, busy, busy Yeah, busy. like, well, to live, I don't know how expensive it is to live in Australia. I imagine it's very expensive too, but like,
1: well, it's more expensive, dude, because he said the economy is better here. It's easier to work here.
0: True. Well, I don't know. I find, I don't know, maybe it's like a North American value to work all the time and it is and then he's talking about how people like work all the time and then they like let loose on the weekend that's like their only time in their life where they get to like live in such a manner and then they just go back to live like their desk job
1: yeah when i did that it made me extremely depressed yeah just having to dread work like on friday already dreading work on monday
0: i feel like between the two of us like that's why we do most of what we do
1: yeah dude i'm my biggest fear and this is such a privileged big biggest fear but is to have to work a nine to five yeah i'm, I'm terrified of the fact that of the idea that comedy might not work out and that i'll just have to do, like i love working hard and i love being busy and i love creative work but i can't imagine Just going to work every single day.
0: But I admire someone like Brandon. all of you listen
1: to this podcast from work that you hate.
0: I do admire someone like Brandon who they could be making more money. Yeah. But instead they've taken a job that feels more fulfilling to themselves as a person. Yeah. Like that's something that I think we both can relate to that we are trying comedy. But I think if this failed we'd at least want a job made us feel all right like we wouldn't want to at a desk job punching in a number no way yeah. like i'd be happy walking dogs like if i had to pick another thing
1: i can really see that in your future
0: i think i'm gonna quit comedy and walk dogs i think you should do it dude you should get sure. a neck tattoo too oh i'd love a neck tattoo i don't
1: think you can be a dog walker without a big spider web on your
0: neck you mean a neck tattoo and an ex-boyfriend you better watch of... out olivia
1: oh yeah his he uh the three things he survived i thought he was gonna say things that were way more dark
0: he fought a like, raccoon. That's pretty dark. That's
1: pretty dark. He slipped on ice and then survived uh, an ex boyfriend.
0: That's uh, the last one's probably the most traumatic.
1: Last one's definitely the most traumatic. I love how before, before being in a relationship, you wouldn't know that. I remember. I remember when your perspective was, when people would be moping over an ex girlfriend, you'd be like, "Get over!" Like, yeah, what are no you sad? Perspective on it. Jacob, I'm Jacob's first girlfriend. I don't know if we. My
0: first. That. And probably, I'm assuming, I think I'll get nine. Nine more? Yeah, probably nine or ten. Who's the ninth? The ninth? Uh, my future ex-wife, Clarissa.
1: Oh, that was really clever. That was pretty hack. What? The future ex-wife kind of comment? What
0: do you mean? I'll probably marry her and then get divorced.
1: I know. That's like a hack thing people put in their Tinder bios. Like, who wants to be my future ex-wife?
0: Yeah, I'm a hack on Tinder.
1: Yeah, you're a hack on Tinder. I'm
0: a Tinder hack. Did can we get some feedback if you enjoyed that like if you enjoy the idea of us interviewing random people or even if you have questions you want us to ask these people we will ask them well we have their email and hopefully oh, we, did get a question. we can have these people on again
1: i think i'm the only comedian that tells other people to be comedians
0: Who'd you tell I, told, you? I
1: told Brandon in this episode. Oh. Remembering that, I'm like, you should be. A com- I tell that to everyone. I'm like, do comedy.
0: I think we realize you can realize talking to someone who's interesting how uninteresting and not funny you are. Very I know. quickly, it's
1: like, damn, why Why do I do comedy and this person doesn't? Yeah,
0: you're like, I try at this all the time, and this person who's just speaking is way funny. Off the dome is so much funnier than me.
1: Yeah, but those people like we know lots of pe- those people in comedy, and then they don't have maybe work ethic as a result.
0: Yeah, but Brandon seems to have work ethic. That's
1: a good point, Brandon. Shout out, that was great. Um, we're yeah, we're gonna go know. to our next. let uh, go to our next guy. Our uh, next guest. Next guest is
0: Sean. Sean was a a very interesting conversation. Um, I admire this guy. I admire this guy a lot. This guy is doing good for this community, for the world. Uh, he clearly doesn't come from a, like, he hasn't had the best life. Okay, let's just listen. Let's just listen. And then we'll talk about it after. All right, here's Sean. Here's Sean. We are here with Sean. How you doing, Sean?
4: Uh, better than ever. Better than ever.
0: Better than ever. What's your favorite memory of living in Toronto?
4: Um, my favorite memory is of my lawyer, um, Davin Charney, a longtime friend of mine, um, coming to pick me up. Um, coming to pick me up, renting a car from Milton, uh, driving me to Toronto and, uh, me having to stay on his floor, uh, for, for a night. And here we are now, let's say six, six years later. Um, I'm now, uh, working for him and we do social rights, uh, human rights, indigenous rights, um, G20 type issues, so I'm now part of a team that uh, stands up for what's right, and they're always trying to step on the little guy, so we just keep plugging away. I've personally served Craig Ruthelski, we've done work on the Frasillo, and I feel like I'm doing a good thing here in Toronto. That's,
0: That's amazing,
4: How long, uh, and you moved here from Milton? I've moved here from uh, Kitchener, Ontario, and the drive was from Milton.
1: Oh, that's fine. an incredibly noble profession good for
4: you uh, yeah well I'm doing process serving it's not uh, like for right now I'm, as far as a career it's not exactly panning out as You're far as the part of something good but I'm part of something great and uh, we're not afraid to stand up for what's right and yeah he's been on Rita cell he's been on multiple other newscasts um, you know there's a a man who was shot and killed, his name is Jermaine in Brampton, and he was shot and killed by the police, and so uh, what, what we do is we hold the police accountable for their actions and only for the actions, uh, not to bash the police, but yeah, so I'm happy, things are good.
1: What was the thing that you had a lawyer for back then when you lived in Kitchener?
4: Um, yeah, just, you know, in and out of incarceration. Uh, I was homeless for a long time. And uh, so, you know, that must have been, been really much, hard, yeah. Not much was really expected of me, so uh, you know, relative to my life, this is the best I've ever done. And I've always, you know, been in touch with the community. I've personally organized tent cities in Kitchener-Waterloo. I've personally uh, attended and made buttons and picket signs for uh, peaceful protests. So, meanwhile, all this time I've been getting in trouble, I've always managed to come back, and uh, it's like I was almost struggling to help my people, to help my fellow people, and uh, just, yeah. So, I'm being able to advocate for people who aren't able to articulate to the proper sources that they do in fact deserve, you know, and are deserving of housing and uh, other, other types of care. And so here I am, you know, just trying to uh, do what's right.
1: That's incredible, dude. And I'm really proud of like, you. Yeah.
4: yeah. The the harder I try to do good, which isn't that hard that I, yeah. am, I don't have to try too hard. It seems there's a lot of, you know, uh, it's like they're always trying to step on the little guy. They don't want to see. I just I can't explain that. I just feel that, you know, it's hard to be a good person these days. People are just so fast to make judgment. You know, with uh, you know, defamation of character. People are just so evil and rude, and they forget to look at themselves. But for me to realize that it's not fair for me to uh, make a point of it in itself. It's just frustrating to be a good person and to have those morals and values. And I know that you know they don't last forever in people. People get worn, worn down, and. Uh, important to sprinkle some kindness on people and uh, yeah
1: people how long were you days. homeless for what was, was that
4: homeless, like uh, from the age of 16 all the way until I was 28 and I was housed for about a year and a half and you know still struggling with uh, drugs so you know here I am uh, clean and sober since 2015 That's zero great. Slips.
1: What was the hardest part about being homeless? What do people not know that you want to tell people about what that experience
4: is like? Uh, It's kind of like you know a tattoo on your face in the 20s. Like picture somebody walking around in the 1920s with the tattoos on their face. And uh, that's what it's like kind of being homeless. It's kind of like, you know. Do you think that experience allowed you to be more empathetic and put you in the position you can be in today? Initially, it did, absolutely. But now I'm struggling myself to, you know, uh, I'm almost struggling myself to kind of stay above water. And uh, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard because a lot of people just aren't honest, I believe. And again, from what I noticed, I shouldn't just be making those assumptions. And I can only really speak for myself and I can only really help people through my own experiences and I'm aware of that. But, yeah, life's frustrating, and uh, I see things differently, and, you know, it's it's tough, but... uh, That's great, too.
1: Well, we really appreciate your honesty with us right now. It's
4: really nice to talk to you. Thanks so much. It's a beautiful story. You guys have a a great day. Have a great day.
1: Do you mind uh, signing up? What's up?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you just listened to Sean. That was a beautiful interview.
1: beautiful. My favorite part was when uh, he said he was homeless, and I was like, yeah, that must have been really hard, yeah. You that was my really favorite part. It was, you could really hear the privilege and the empathy. Yeah. Um, I wrote down, this guy had a lot of soup. I think I meant this guy had a lot of soul.
0: This guy had a lot of soup. A lot of soup. You really know how to take what was a very touching interview <laughs> and just smash it up after right after it's on. Okay.
1: Uh, what did you first think uh, when he said at the beginning, like the first thing he told us was like the best memory he had was being picked up by his lawyer. From Milton? What did that sound like to you? What was your assumption? I thought
0: he had just gotten out of jail. Yeah. I assumed he had just gotten out of jail on some serious charges. Um, What I really admire about Sean is that he can just open up about such, like, personal, uh, very just meaningful and, like, stuff that most people would hide away. He just immediately, to two strangers, opened up and told them everything.
1: I know. I wonder if... Um, like it's part of because he's like has made it out of that and he's very proud of where he is. Um if if you would be willing to admit that stuff if he hadn't made it out of it.
0: Yeah, it's possible that part of the recovery is being vocal and being
1: vocal talking about it. Being
0: able to face your demons and like your past.
1: Well I like what he said about people are so quick to judge because he lived so much of his life as just like like kind of like a scumbag, kind of like on drugs in and out of jail, homeless. So he like lived a life where he's like, you guys don't like people don't know who I am. They just look at me.
0: I don't know if he was a scumbag.
1: Well, I mean, let's be honest.
0: What? what? he was what? probably a good person when he was on drugs and homeless.
1: I know. I'm not. I'm not sorry. Maybe scumbag is the wrong, the wrong word. It's like, definitely the wrong word. Okay, what's the right word?
0: A person who was. Troubled and going through stuff. I know, but babe, stuff?
1: I'm saying I didn't say he was. I said people saw. Like, oh a yeah, people see you, know you, you as a. Lo- I like guess scu- low life. They see you as like a low life. um They don't see you for the person you are because all you see is like what's on the outside. Yeah, so it's very it really- interesting.
0: I'm personally like in Toronto, you see so many homeless people. It's very hard to stop and have conversations with a lot of them. You're you're naturally scared because you do see articles about homeless people like stabbing someone or. You see some very uh, intimidating homeless people in Toronto and mm-hmm. it's interesting to talk to someone who's formerly homeless and have like a genuine heart-to-heart conversation. It's not saying that that before this podcast I was doing on my everyday.
1: Yeah, dude. It's must be. I wonder if it's harder to be homeless in Toronto or a different city.
0: Uh, Toronto? i feel I've like Toronto's read more... articles about people who make a lot of money being well, homeless. That's the thing.
1: I think that you make a lot of money. But it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Very dangerous because there's a lot of crazies and you just start sleeping on the street.
0: Well, I think you're if you're homeless in a small town, they're like, there's Jim, the well, homeless the thing. guy. I remember
1: in London, when I lived in London, um, there was like a, like a little forest area and there was like a campsite. And like all the homeless people would go there at night to sleep and there was like they would build a fire. So that they just kind probably of a good community. for like safety. Yeah, and... dude, it's great for safety. They probably all protect each other. They have like a community.
0: When we were on the subway yesterday, there was a homeless man in a wheelchair who went by us, and then everyone's kind dude, of ignoring him. That must
1: be so him. terrifying to be a homeless guy with out your physical abilities. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and everyone was kind of ignoring him, and then he was going past us, and then he reached the next section of seats, and there was another guy, and he asked him for change. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm also going through some stuff. And they seemed to just have, like, a nice long conversation with each other.
1: That's nice. That's, like, a nicer version of what happened to me on the streetcar the other day, which is, like, there was a guy that was just, he, like, claimed the streetcar. And he was a homeless guy just kind of soliciting change. And he was going back and forth. And every time, like, a new person would get on, he would, like, run over to them and be like, can I have some change? And then, like, a lady got on. And you couldn't, like, totally tell. But I guess she was homeless because he asked her for change. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you think I have changed? And then she got on the streetcar and was the funniest homeless lady. This is the lady that she, like, sat down and, like, she looked at her finger. She's like, oh, I'm bleeding. And then she just started showing people. She's like, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. Look at this. I'm bleeding. And then, um.
0: I feel like then they just stopped the train.
1: Wait, didn't I tell you she did something else? Oh, yeah. Uh, When we got to Peter Street, she was like, she stood up. She's like, all right, time to go terrorize Peter Street. (laughs) she was awesome um, I think what
0: I like about um, Craig what was his name again sorry Sean Sean. I'm a fu- I'm the worst with names what I liked most about Sean and that seems like I don't know who the fuck he is but what I liked most about him was that he opened up to us not just that he opened up to us but he took like such a bad situation like most people who are homeless like that's a life Like you never get out of it you're addicted to drugs that's no we'll one die. cares about you Like, you don't have the same, uh, like, structure within our lives that we have where we have people we can turn to who will help us out. People kind of give up on you or, like, something usually leads to that. He was homeless from such a young age. For 12 years, he was homeless. Jesus. And then he turned his life around completely to a point where now he's doing good things for other people. And he might not be, like, financially successful. Like, he might not be making a ton of money. But here's this guy who just... Like, took such a bad situation and used it to grow as a person enough that you can then go help other people who are also in need is just beautiful.
1: Well, it's beautiful that, like, instead of, um, like, living that life and becoming bitter about it and being like, fuck this, like, fuck all the people that, like, stomped on me, I'm going to, like, make it and be rich and whatever like he's just like no i'm gonna like use this opportunity to give back to my community and like try yeah. to help and he seems guy. so
0: grateful to the people who helped him out along the way i know like he named off the top he named a man who picked him up from his place in i think it was milton Milton. and brought him to toronto I and mean, that man clearly meant a lot to him That was yeah. the first thing he mentioned is his greatest memory in toronto he
1: said the name first and he said it like multiple yeah. times it is really nice um What was I going to say? Oh, no, that's probably a weird thought. It's weird. Okay. Like people, homeless people die on the street all the time. That's someone's job to like clear their bodies away.
0: Yes. Some people have the worst jobs.
1: Like even I always think about the fact that like people kill themselves on the subway every single day. And it's someone's job to go pick up those remains so that the subway can continue. Yeah, and that How person is has that? such,
0: like, a selflessly bad job.
1: But also, like, they just see all those horrors every day, and then they just go home and live.
0: Yeah, they probably have to go to therapy.
1: Dude, that's so fucked.
0: There's a lot of people who have jobs like that.
1: It's insane.
0: So there's, like, like a police officer goes from, like, one horrible crime to they another. just watched and then just shows up at, like, another thing and, like, has to, like completely try and like forget what they just saw like a murder or rape or whatever they just saw yeah i would and
1: never like it's funny how people they're like oh i want to want to date a cop or a firefighter that i would literally never date a cop it'd be to- so terrifying to know how psychologically messed up they're getting constantly
0: yeah anyone in that kind of a position yeah has to deal with a level of ptsd will never truly understand i know this was a very drastic uh change from the first guy who is so like, like wild yeah. and happy. Not that this guy wasn't happy, but in a different way. They both shared in that they both are doing jobs that they find fulfilling. Mhm. And that's something I think we both like strive for in our lives. Totally. We both come from lives where we could have gone to school and become lawyers or doctors or whatever we probably wanted to do, wouldn't have been, like, we are both pretty privileged people.
1: Well, you can't be a comedian without being kind of privileged.
0: Yeah, it's a privilege in itself. Um, but, but like, to see other people who are doing it in another way and probably in a way less selfish way than both of us.
1: Yeah, look at you connecting the dots.
0: Look at me connecting at the you. dots. Yeah, let's just pat me on the back one more time in all of this. <laughs> I made this podcast so I can suck my own dick on camera. Wait, I on, wanted to
1: say one more thing about homelessness. I Mike. like what he said about um, being homeless is like wearing a tattoo on your face. I never really thought about the shame element. Like, I thought, think about all the other terrible elements of being homeless. But they don't, like, they're just sitting there, like, Im- imagine just, like, being, like, in- your worst version of yourself, and you're just sitting in public in the financial district. It's uh, People I've, are looking at you like you're scum. I've you heard know? it
0: be compared to, like, the Twilight Zone, where, like, you're just, like, you're trying to talk to so many people and they all act like you don't exist and ignoring your existence. Completely. we got a glimpse
1: of that when we were soliciting people to be yeah. thing. It's weird having people just walk by you and pretend that you're not talking to them.
0: But uh, even when I walk by a homeless a person and case. they don't say anything to me, I know that. So sometimes like I'll just like be f- like, I'll feel obligated to be like, sorry, I don't have anything, sir, ma'am. And then like, they'll like be annoyed that I engage them without them engaging me.
1: Really? I find that what I usually do is I always respond to them because personally, like, if I'm just, like, barking at, like, a comedy place and people just don't acknowledge my existence, it feels really weird, like the Twilight Zone, I always, like, say, no, I'm sorry, I don't, have a good night. Whatever, they always, we're assholes. I know, way. I'm just patting myself in yeah, the back dude, right let's now. Stop sucking I'm just saying, dicks. I think it's a good thing to do. It makes people feel better. They always, I'm like, I'm sorry I don't, but have a great night. And then they usually just smile and say, thank you.
0: I know. Just I try think, that. I think they they want to be talked to but i also think we're not like Heroes we're not doing that. volunteering our time to help homeless people we're not the best people in the world
1: yeah well i think i can still say something i
0: know all right
1: um, are we wrapping this one up yeah okay we're moving on to the next one
0: our next guest is dylan um dylan was a young kid he's just uh in his last year of high school uh he seemed like a very interesting guy he had like uh he had, like, pins all over. Yeah, he was,
1: like, a goth. It was cool.
0: It was very cool to talk to. He mm-hmm. seemed like he was going through a lot of teenage angst.
1: Yeah, it seemed like he would be the kind of guy who wouldn't stop to talk to us.
0: Yeah, he looked straight out of Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, totally. But he was so sweet. Long
1: hair, hat, pins, the whole thing. Jacob just farted.
0: I did fart.
2: All right, here's Dylan.
1: Here's Dylan. Yeah, this is Jacob. What's your favorite uh, memory in the city of Toronto?
2: Uh, Probably going biking uh, down the a uh, small forest by the uh, Trillium, uh, going biking daily with my dad when I was younger.
1: Cool, so I see you're wearing a school uniform. Are you in high school then?
2: Uh, yeah, almost done.
1: Awesome, so you're in grade 12 then. What are you looking forward to about graduating?
2: Uh, probably uh, getting out in the world and going out on my own, finally.
1: Do you have any specific goals of like how you want to live your future out? or?
2: Uh, career-wise, I'm planning on becoming a mortician. Oh, that's cool. We have a friend who's, uh, what does she do? She's an embalmer? She's, a,
1: she's an embalmer. Same thing, mortician. Yeah, same thing. yeah. Why do you want to get into that?
2: Um, uh, I've just always sort of had an interest in the macabre, and, uh, just sort of helping people deal with that. Totally. Do you still go biking with your dad? Uh, not of late, but I'm planning to when the weather gets a little warmer.
0: That sounds awesome, man.
1: What other hobbies do you have, like, or,
2: or interests? Um writing and playing video games that's what's awesome favorite video game shadow of the colossus i wish i knew video games <laughs> i'm so bad at that stuff what system's that on uh ps2 it got a ps3 remaster and then re-released re- for the ps4 ps2 is old school man
1: what's that uh, dating like in high school do you have you dated around at all
2: uh not really uh well i had one girlfriend but uh it, it was sort of like an on-off thing, and it didn't really last long.
1: Um, true. What, what's your impression of dating, then, if you don't have much experience?
2: Uh, I don't really have an opinion on it. You're about to graduate. If you could give advice to someone who's entering high school, what would you tell them? Uh, don't slack off. <laughs> uh, I pretty much uh, did nothing and just passed by the skin of my heels, uh, a lot of my subjects. Uh, and basically as soon as uh, you meet somebody that's uh, sort of turning you off the path of uh, continuing to get your schoolwork done, uh, try to either sort of set it, uh, set them aside for when like you have free time and you aren't being held back from your studies, uh, and if uh, they insist on it, uh, keeping you back, just sort of try to cut them out amazing advice
1: yeah do you have anything else you want to share with us or tell us about yourself
0: not really no, that's, awesome. that's
1: awesome thank, you, dude. So thank you, much. you so much for talking to us okay so that was dylan
0: i i'm like i was so fascinated to talk to a, like a grade 12
1: i know it's fu- kind of funny like we feel young obviously but then you talk to someone who's 18 you're like i can't even remember what was going on in my head at your
0: age i remember being so depressed i could not talk like he did, to just random strangers on the street about my life. I would never open up that much. Really? Yeah, there's no way... I think
1: it... I would, but I would have so little to say. But I guess he didn't have that much to say either. He had a lot to say. He had a lot to say, but it makes me I think you, realize... you don't
0: underestimate a kid like that. That kid had a lot to say. He... It's cool to hear someone think they know what they want to do.
1: That's what I mean. Like, you kind of just like his young perception on the world, like not really knowing what it's about yet, but being like excited about it,
0: I guess. Yeah. It's very interesting to see like young eyes kind of. It's
1: very weird. I Um, loved it. I know. I loved it too. I think
0: he was one of my favorite people we interviewed.
1: Me too. He was the last one we interviewed actually. I really wish because he had listed his favorite memory as biking with his dad, which seems so mundane. But it made me very curious as to what his relationship is with his father.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get better at uh, asking just questions. Just like it's <laughs> we're not used to just like immediately figuring out the right questions to ask. I know. And we're gonna work on it. Yeah. I am interested in knowing what his relationship with his dad was, because he clearly loves the shit out of his dad. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. And neither will you. And ne- yeah, Have and, a and great that's night. how we're gonna end it. <laughs> no, I, I, I truly. Couldn't imagine talking to people like he did, and being that open, and also me attempting to relate to him was so sad. Being like, "What's your favorite video and game?" And then you being like, and "I don't know like, video games." And then me being like, "Cool." Like I just wanted to be able to make him feel comfortable talking to us because he clearly was, but wasn't. Yeah. Like there was clearly a nervous aspect to talking to us.
1: Well, it just made me remember even when we interviewed kids at Ryerson, like how young. People are, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Like at that age, you think you're a full adult, and you're just not. Well, we're it's still It's such that. a weird, I know. And like in t- five years, we're gonna look back and be like, I can't believe we thought we were a full adult at twenty four. What were we doing, recording a podcast?
0: I'm twenty six.
1: You're twenty six. I'm old. Oh, I'm very young. I'm extremely young. Yeah. Uh, Jacob's. Old. When you
0: were eighteen, what did you want to be?
1: You're holding the mic way too close to your face.
0: When you were eighteen, what did you want to be?
1: Um, I thought I wanted to be like a newscaster.
0: Yeah. Look at you yeah. now. Look at me now. Interviewing people.
1: Yeah, no, I just wanted to be, like, one of those, like, women with, like, her hair coiffed every day. And, like, I thought you just, like, become that. Like, I didn't think about the fact that you had to be, like, a journalist first and be, like, a really, like, like, be a poor journalist. And then eventually maybe they pick you to be on TV. Yeah, and so it's many years people do picked. Yeah.
0: And there is a lot of female um, newscasters who kind of only get a bit of time because, like, it's such a freaking like. Shallow industry, oh yeah, it's just
1: they want a hot girl on TV and then you lose your job as soon as you turn fifty. yeah, exactly
0: yeah, but guys, they can be ugly as balls. It's crazy. like there's some of the ugliest people that are men broadcasters, but like a woman has to be hot.
1: Well, it's fucked because it's like you you listen to the girls talk on like a sports network or whatever and they're all super hot. And then I hear guys say, like, I don't want to hear what she has to say because I know she doesn't know about sports. She's just being fed this. But then it's also like they wouldn't want to listen to an ugly woman who, ta- who knows about sports. So it's just like you can't have both.
0: It's not 100% true, but I do get but what But no, saying. but that's
1: what, like, the want is. The reason that she has to be hot is because they know guys don't want to look at an ugly girl. But then the downside with that is that most hot girls don't really know that much about sports. Yeah.
0: But there, it's also And weird. then they get
1: mad at that. I'm just saying it's like you can't win either way. It's like, f- Yeah. you know? I'm not saying, like, your uh, perspective, I'm just saying.
0: Do you think that guys who watch sports are so repressed in, like, homosexuality that they make sure the newscasters who are guys aren't good-looking? Because they seem to all be ugly.
1: That was, like, such a sweeping generalization. Do you think every guy who watches sports is secretly gay? (laughs) That's
0: not what I'm saying. I'm saying within sports, being gay is so not accepted. One football player came out as gay one time, Michael Sam, and everyone lost their shit. When was this? This was like three, like five years ago, maybe. Jesus. Like you don't understand how like not accepted within sports being gay is. And then they make all the like female broadcasters really sexually attractive. But a lot of the men are like bald and gross. And maybe that's just because those are the people who don't excel at sports, but like sports. And so they know a lot.
1: I really don't think that's what it is. I think they just like society doesn't care. Like men can be important without being hot. For sure. And women, you need to be hot. Like it's just part of how it is. Like there's ugly male celebrities. There's not many ugly female celebrities.
0: No. Yeah. It's crazy. And like a female actress only like. Get so much time. That's
1: why every female, it's like men love to make fun of women for being so wrapped up in like getting their hair done and nails done and like looking pretty. But it's like, yeah, but society trained us that you literally have no value if you're not attractive. So fuck you. <laughs> I have so much pent up anger. About we that went shit. on the
0: rails. We took the rails. We went from that guy's interview to here. So I don't know. People are like, where did this happen? I know. But um, that's what this podcast is gonna be. We don't know.
1: We don't know. Neither do you. Neither Um, do you. Yeah, I think like it just—it's so dumb when they always say like high school is the best years of your life. It's like you're not even a full human yet.
0: But it's like the most free years of your life. you are not expected to pay rent. You're you're given all this liberty. I feel a lot more
1: free now just because I can make my own decisions. Like when you're a kid, you're still a kid like you don't get to do everything you want. You still have to go to classes that you like you don't understand science and you know you're not going to be a scientist. And yet you have to go to science.
0: But I feel like you do make like the most decisions right now that you've probably ever made. But in high school, you're just starting to make those decisions. And they're so small, but they're like your first times like making a decision. Do I like science? Like. I get to decide if I want to stop doing this by a certain grade.
2: Yeah,
1: that's pretty cool.
0: Like, it's this first time you have, like, these little powers that you've never felt.
1: That reminds me. Okay, so he said uh, the advice that he would give to himself is to not slack off. Um, Okay, I don't know if this is going to be choppy, but we lost batteries. We're back. Um,
0: Olivia was saying what her advice to her younger self would be. Yes,
1: I was saying what my advice to my younger self would be because he mentioned his was uh, slack off less. I think mine would be, uh, not slack off more, but, like, I don't know. I think I cared a little bit too much about school. I think there's, like, a happy medium. Like, there's so many kids, like Gabrielle, for example, my sister, would stress so much about assignments. It's like, this couldn't matter less.
0: Yeah, it my co- sister was like that as It's well.
1: insane the amount of stress that high school students put on yourself. Like, if, if any high school students are listening to this, please don't stress about school. Try hard, but don't stress about it. It really doesn't matter at this point in your life. And you're just setting a precedent for, like, how you're going to feel about projects and assignments as you grow up. And you don't need to stress, like, it doesn't matter. If yeah, you love something,
0: you'll be good at it. There is a healthy, like, I agree it doesn't matter. But there is, like, there is that part that, like, you kind of get into, like, a good university based on your high I know, school. but
1: it's, I don't know. I, I get that. But, like, you, but mostly everyone gets into every university.
0: No. Yeah, like, yeah, but, like, like, especially in, like, the States or here, like, if you want to go to McGill you really do have to put in that work. I
1: know you do have to have high grades, but there's like
0: I I You can agree also with just you, go though. for
1: general arts and then you're you can switch into engineering like 2 weeks in.
0: I don't know if that's true. True. I, I guess I don't know. I how this do works. agree with you though that uh like say you did want to get into McGill and it didn't work out. That's not the end of your life. That's
1: what I mean. Yeah, it doesn't it really doesn't matter like if you want to do something with your life. It doesn't matter, like, if you get into the engineering program at Queens versus at, like, Ryerson. Yeah. It truly couldn't matter less.
0: What you think you want to do in grade 12 is so few of the times actually what you want to do in life.
1: Totally. And also, I just feel like anyone that I know that does interviews, they never look at, like, oh, Queens. I'm going to hire this person rather than, like, oh, this person who maybe studied engineering at, like, a shittier school. And not no schools are shitty, but you know what I mean. They like they look at their portfolio of work, you know what I mean. They yeah. prefer to see someone who's done things or someone who like shows a real interest in it. It has almost nothing to do with the school that you went to. So I I just want to encourage people to stress about that less, and care but don't stress. Did
0: I don't know. you, what kind of student were you in high school?
1: Um, I stressed a little bit. Like I, I I probably did the right amount. To be honest, that wouldn't be my advice to myself. My advice would be to try more things. Like, I I regret not doing, like, theater and realizing I had an interest in that sooner because then I would have grown up with it. I would have learned it at an earlier age. It would have been embedded in me more. Um, I I wish I, like, watched more things. Like, all I did was I had, like, a pretty – like, I I went to school, then I went to dance, then I went to sleep. Like, I regret not, like, hanging out with more people and, like, trying other things. What do you think was holding you back? Um –
0: were you having problems with uh you you I know you very well and you yeah. have a lot of problems with what you look like and eating were you having those problems in grade 12 uh
1: yeah i'm trying to remember that's that's not related to why i didn't try more things true i think i wanted to i think i'm just a person that if i'm not immediately good at something i'm like i don't want to do this you know what i mean so i think i probably i tried out for basketball i tried out for volleyball And I tried out for a play, I think, once. So I did kind of try things. But, like, as soon as I didn't get it, I was like, fuck it. I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah. But everyone's bad at things when they start. You have to be bad first to be good.
0: For sure. Were you also... I know people who were so worried about not seeming cool that, say, like, doing something like theater would be so far out of... Oh, I don't care about that. Yeah? Not at all. I think I had stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's kind of like a masculinity But I do think i remember being very interested in theater like in the ninth grade and then being like i can't be interested in this
1: well it's funny because like grade nine it's like that but i remember by grade 12 like there was one kid in my school uh i think he still acts now his name is luke peroni and he was like a really good actor and he was always like the star or or he always had a big part in the plays and then by the time grade 12 rolled around everyone would always want to use him for things it's just like okay we're gonna get him like we're gonna make a video for student council let's get luke like we're gonna do a dance thing where we like
0: of troy bolton
1: no i don't think that's how the story went (laughs) um it's just like like it was like everyone thought he was really dope that he had this uh this talent talent like we did like a like a concept dance show where it was like about like abusive relationships which was so weird for 18 year olds to just be like making assumptions about how that goes but then they like basically had like him and a girl like at their silhouettes like the room was dark and just like get into a fight and him like pretend to punch her and then we do a dance to like concrete angel or some shit and then uh but like he always got to like do things it was really dope same with like david who was in my dance class like people bullied him a lot in grade grade eight, uh, nine and ten but then like by the time grade 12 got around he like owned it so much Everyone thought he was cool. He's just like, yeah, you just hang out with girls, and, like, you're not afraid to just dance, and, like, you don't care.
0: That's great. Yeah. Do you think you would have spoken to uh, that guy? Who? Like, if you were the same age as our guest, would you have spoken to him? Like, do you think you would ever hang out?
1: Um, I think I did have an interest in getting to know a lot of people when I was a kid. I had some, like, weird friends. What about you?
0: I think I would have. I think I would fail to connect with him. Yeah. I, I definitely don't have the same interests, but... He seemed like a cool, nice kid. And I'm sure if I was in, like, a class with him, I'd know him and have, like, a decent relationship. I was very not outgoing in high school at all. I had very little friends, especially in grade 12. Yeah. In grade 12, I literally wanted to die. Cool Mm -hmm. grade 12 kid. Um, And I spoke to no one. I think I had, like, four friends. And they were just people I assumed were just, like, I assumed they didn't like me but felt so bad for me that they would just hang around me
1: damn yeah that's really sad I feel bad like high school was actually some of the worst years of my life for you sure. just are so struggling to you're struggling to understand who you are you're embarrassed of everything 100% of the time like you're you're embarrassed of things that don't you're like embarrassed that you have a crush remember that I'd be embarrassed to, to tell people that you had a crush
0: if I had a crush like in my later years of high school never any expectation that i would even get to talk to the person no
1: not even that but like would you get embarrassed that you had a crush
0: no i would repress it to like the highest extent of like i have a crush on this girl i
1: guess at some level of humiliation She's
0: no way she could ever even look at me as a person i'm just gonna leave it True. i had a girl who I had a crush on and i like looking back she clearly also had a crush on me and she asked my grade 12 media studies teacher to pair us up for a project so we got put together, and then we did, like, all this cute stuff together, but, like, I didn't pick up on that, like, she had a crush on me, so I just never said anything.
1: Yeah, Jacob is famously bad for picking up hints.
0: Yeah?
1: Yeah. Speaking from experience.
0: I'm pretty bad at it. Yeah. I just don't believe in myself at all. I,
1: yeah, I think that's probably the thing is just, like, you're like, oh, she said you're I'm cute, but she could never actually mean, like, she's interested in me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like,
0: she's blowing me, but, like, there's no way it means anything. <laughs>
1: We're getting married, but like I don't think she really likes yeah, me. Yeah, I don't think she's into me. I, I mean, we've been me. together for
0: like seventy years, but uh, we're
1: dying together. She's holding my hand, but like, what do you think that means?
0: Yeah, I just I think she like might just want to be friends.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna break up with you on your deathbed.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's I'm probably lying on my deathbed right now. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna die in this room. <laughs> yeah, in this basement. This
1: sad basement. Anyways, um, we did get a question from via email from riley rg newlywed um it's my friend charlotte's husband uh he wanted to know what's up
0: nothing just
2: checking
1: uh riley wanted to know what uh your backstory was jacob he said he's like i know about olivia she's talked about herself how she's from london what her backstory is uh but let's tell the listeners a bit about your backstory where did you Grew up. Where did you go to school?
0: Oh, okay. I grew up outside of Toronto and Thornhill. There's so much to go through. It's really hard when someone's like, what's your life? And you're like, oh, you want... We're already at the end of this podcast. I, I know. Thought, I think maybe throughout you'll get to pick up snippets on my life. That's a good point. I don't know if I'm just going to throw it all out there at once, but... Uh,
1: okay, well, he went to Guelph, so I there's went to Guelph the
0: short answer. Too. Oh, Riley didn't go to Guelph. I went to Guelph, so you're saying. Yes. I did go to Guelph. Uh, they have... They have a good agricultural program there.
1: They do have good agriculture in general. We drove around Guelph. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I used to walk by, like, a bunch of horses every time I went to campus, which was not Wait, very often. what does often. agriculture mean? I think it's, like, the Aggie program is you, like, study, like... Plants, plants and... Plants and grass and farming.
1: Okay, farming. I, that's what I thought it was. I was, in my head at first, I was, like, just thinking of the environment, and then I remembered it's, uh farming
0: yeah it's farming i guess if you're studying plants you'd study botany no i just went there i went for philosophy right i never went to school the only time i went to campus was when this record guy came onto campus to sell records
1: oh i would always buy belly button rings from those people
0: yeah you bought belly button rings yeah maybe it was the same guy
1: no it's the same people they like tour school to school they just sell random shit i it was a records guy the record guy the record guy
0: still messages me every once in a while he's like Hey, man, I hope comedy is going well. That's really nice. Yeah, I saw him friend. on campus one time because I used to go back to hand out condoms. Yeah. And he happened to be at the school I was at. I've worked for a promotional company handing stuff out. But uh, I went back, and he was on campus the day I went back. And we were. he was so not excited to see me, but I was so excited to see him. That's funny. He's probably, like, so disappointed.
1: He's like, oh, this guy's on his track to being me. No, he's just, he just like
0: – uh, Damn, this guy left school. He used to spend so much money on my records.
1: True, and on your education. And now you hand out condoms.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't care about my education. True. I'm sorry, Riley. I probably didn't answer that question very well. But I think we're wrapping it up. Yeah, we're
1: wrapping it up around here.
0: I think Olivia's mad at me.
1: I'm not mad at you, Tom. Okay. Okay.
0: I love you. It's
1: a really weird way to end.
0: I love Olivia.
1: I love Jacob.
0: Bye, Tony. We love Toronto. We love Toronto. Have a great night. It's been the heart of Toronto. Have a good night. It's been the
1: heart of Toronto. Tune in next week, maybe, if we make an episode.